Hello and welcome to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. We're out in the field, we're in Chihuahua, Mexico, where we've been to visit the Cordero project of Discovery Silver. We're gonna have a bit of a conversation about that and I'm joined by Gernot Vober, Vice President of Exploration, and Fords Gemmel, Vice President of Corporate Development. Good evening, guys. Yeah, good evening, nice to have you. Yeah, thanks to be here, cheers. Um, I wanna start off, uh, let, let's start off talking about the, the resource, um, the company, produced a preliminary economic assessment in the past you're working towards a pre-feasibility study which is due out next year you've done the drilling for that you've done the cutoff date for the drilling and so you'll be you're working on a resource update which will come out early next year as well um, tell us a little bit about what you anticipate with the the resource update going out well, since that PEA um, publication, we've drilled an additional 78,000 meters. So there's a lot more holes and a lot more drill data t to be added to the resource. So we're, ex we're expecting an uh, increase in our resource footprint. So that's positive for the change moving towards the PFS as well. So, and, and a lot of that was not just the infill, but also expansion up to the Northeast. So we're, we're, uh, we've been pretty successful so far in, in creating a positive change in that resource. Thank you. Now, if, if I'm correct, the, in the PEA, there was uh, quite a lot of the resource was in the measured and indicated category, and it, it, presumably that will be reflected in the PFS resource as well. Well, the PEA had uh, only 1% inferred, and the rest was uh, measured and indicated. So now, with some of our drilling that we've done and the expansion drilling we've done to the northeast, I'm gonna ha we're going to have a little bit more inferred in, uh, resource in the in the resource statement itself. So it, the, the PEA, the economic portion of the pit only took a portion of the of the resource, the PEA resource, which had the 1%. So we will have more inferred on the on the PFS, um, but we're, we are expanding the resource. So that's the important part. Okay, now since you've uh, passed this sort of cutoff date for the PFS resource, you've, you've continued drilling and you've, you've drilled quite a bit more since then. So uh, what, what is the aim of that drilling and what are you aiming to achieve with that? Well, the cutoff for the PFS was more of an, an internal cutoff so that we could reach some of our reporting milestones. And um, we're still expanding to the Northeast. There's more data that can be collected there. And hopefully I can change some of what might be inferred into indicated and measured for the feasibility stage. So we're, we've always been ahead in what we've been doing and what we've been, how we've been drilling and, and working towards um, PFS and FS. So even during the PA, a lot of the work was at, at PFS level. So we're doing the same now. So uh, some infill, we're gonna we're gonna relook at what our infill drilling is supposed to be once we finish the pit optimization for the PFS, and, and that'll validate then anything going forward. And then we'll decide whether we still need to drill more on the resource. We have quite a bit, so that'll be an internal decision, I guess, as to do we continue with expanding the resource or do we focus now on more engineering uh, and, the, and the construction plans for the mine, so. Okay, thank you. Um, I'd like to bring in uh, Forbes now. Um, differences but you know the PEA 450 million uh, um, sort of capital development cost initial capital development costs about 26 million ounces of gold equivalent per year production I think it was a 16 year mine life um, a combined open pit heap leach flotation project what are the sort of changes we're going to see in the PFS all right so why don't we start with production so first of all Gernot said it looks like the pit's going to get bigger um, and from our metallurgical test work, it looks like we were improving recoveries by around two to three percent as well. And the throughput for the mill, uh, we're increasing that by around 25 percent. So we're starting off at 25,000 day tons per day, going to 50,000 ton per day. So that 
26 million ounce per annum production figure should go up based on that increased throughput without losing that mine life because it looks like that pit's going to get bigger. Um, from a capex point of view, so the, the 450 million you referred to, that included an oxide heat leach circuit, which we did some test work during the course of the year that showed we can actually blend the oxides with the sulfides in the flotation circuit. So if we remove the oxide circuit, that saves us about 70 million in capex. Now, obviously, with the bigger mill sizing, which has gone up by 25%, so if you assume that the six-tenths rule that is often applied when you scale things up, that that capex should imply a 15% increase, uh, plus uh, a general assumption of 15% capex inflation across the board, the capex probably might shake out around 500 million. We've still got to crunch these numbers out. But that will generate much higher production with that similar mine life at the same time. Okay, so um, has, has inflation had much of a, an impact on, uh, on the work you've been doing? Are you, you expected to see quite a, uh, an impact from inflation as some other economic studies have this year? Yeah, look, no doubt that that inflation theme is uh, prevalent across the board. So, look, in Mexico, I think when you look at the key inputs, so labor certainly hasn't uh, been uh, as impacted inflation as we've seen elsewhere around the world. Power costs are up around 10% year on year. So when you look at places like Europe, North America, they're obviously up much, much higher. Um, and you know, from our point of view, when we look at the PFS, we're building a, a bigger mill. So we're getting some economies of scale. And certainly on the processing side, uh, some of our test work this year showed we can significantly reduce uh, the reagents that we use to, to extract the metals from the ore. So despite some of those headwinds that we're seeing, there's a lot of positive benefits that should help offset um, yeah, some of those increases we've seen through the course of the year. Thank you. Um, what about the um, potential impacts on the all-in sustaining cost? If I recall correctly, in the PA, it was about $12, $12.50 per ounce of uh, silver equivalent. You expect interest will come in there more, less, a little bit higher, a little bit lower? Yeah, obviously, uh, we're still a few months out here from, from the final numbers, but there's been the headwinds from the inflation, but again, Mexico is somewhat more muted than elsewhere around the world. Uh, and we feel those should be offset by the benefits we're seeing from low reagent, high throughput. So we, we think as a rough ballpark right now, ASIC should come in roughly in line with what it was for the PA, which given what we've seen across the industry and the fact we're going from a PA to a PFS where things usually get a lot worse rather than better, I think that's a pretty good result. That would be a success, I think, in, in anybody's book. Um, I want to sort of ask you a quick question about the, the market. The precious metal, metals markets have been, uh, you know, really suffering in recent months. Um, how, you know, what are you hearing from investors that are focused on silver? Um, do they really want you to push ahead and go into development? Are they, say, you know, sort of taking their foot off the gas? What, what kind of vibe are you getting from silver investors? Look, the reality we face, we, we work in a very cyclical, volatile market. And uh, when there's opportunities to finance, I think we, you really have to take advantage of that. And we did that in 2020. So we're now sitting here with 55 million of cash, which will be more than enough cash to get us through to a feasibility study and construction decision, call it the first half of 2024. And the message right now for the market uh, is 
yeah, obviously we're, we're facing some headwinds with US rate rises, a stronger US dollar. So to take the foot off the gas and, and not sort of blow through that cash and be really aggressive in how fast we want to advance a project. And so we have the flexibility, given that cash balance, to, to navigate that market volatility and position ourselves that once we get through these rate rises and those strong long-term demand fundamentals, in terms of solar and uh, electric vehicle batteries that are going to drive the silver price higher should shine through and, and will be well positioned on having had to do a very dilutive fan financing in the meantime. Uh, I think you're sort of understating it. I think you're in a, a very sort of privileged and fortunate position having that 55 million in the bank. That gives you a, a lot of a lot of leeway, a lot of cushion, a, a lot of survival time if, if the worst case in the worst case scenario. No, no, absolutely. Uh, it, it buys us out of flexibility. I mean, like I said, the, we deal in a cyclical market. And the one thing we know is that the bottom of the cycle is setting ourselves up for the upturn. And, and I feel that's the sort of situation we're in right now. But yeah, we have a much longer time horizon in which we can navigate that potential upturn. And so, uh, yeah, given, given the financing environment right now, where it's very, very difficult, very, very challenging. You're right, we do feel very fortunate, so we agree. Excellent, and so obviously the next big catalyst will be the, uh, the resource update and the PFS early next year. Uh, January, February, March, what's the sort of timing on that? Yeah, we're targeting towards the end of January or early February uh, for that. So um, certainly uh, this will be our first time declaring reserves. We're sitting on obviously one of the world's biggest silver deposits and as we've discussed, we're pretty confident taking the, the, the good results from the PEA and some of the, the excellent test work and drill results we've delivered since then, that we should deliver a, a pretty similar study for the PFS, despite uh, some of the headwinds we're seeing on the inflationary side of things too. I know there's a, a lot of people anxiously waiting to see the results of the uh, the resource new resource calculation and the PFS. Discovery Silver trades on the TSXV under DSV and on the OTCQX under DSVSF. Gernot Wilber and Forbes Gemmel, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.